that. And uh, we're going to finish up uh, this little uh, section here in First Peter chapter 2 and verses 21 through 25. Uh, hope of or hope for imitators. Hope for imitators. Now, sometimes uh, we... Well, we, we kind of wonder about people that uh, imitate us. I know that there's a certain lady that gets really kind of uh, irritated at uh, me when I make a sound that she's made a sound. And uh, I just, I hear a sound and I like to make that sound too, right? And so she's shake, shaking her head, she's rolling her eyes. And, uh, but uh, that's not the kind of imitating we're talking about tonight. But I have enjoyed uh, in the study of these verses here these last couple of weeks. We're kind of parked here in chapter 2, uh, verses 21 through 25. I believe these verses are very rich in truth. They do present a needful challenge for each one of us today. Uh, I'm convinced that the average Christian needs to commit to becoming more like Jesus every day. Uh, I think uh, uh, sometimes we just don't get it. We just don't uh, realize the importance of this. And that's what Peter's trying to get across to us here um, in verse uh, 21. He says, for even... Hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Now, so far we've discussed the priority of saints. That's what we see there in verse 21. We are called, it says, for even hereunto were ye called, uh, we're confronted confronted with uh, the fact that Christ suffered for us, and then uh, and we're left, uh, you know, an example, and then we were charged, and his, uh, that has two parts, the example and the expectation. Uh, the example that he gave, and then the expectation that we should follow his steps. So that's what we looked at a couple of weeks ago. And then last week, we looked at the purity of the Savior, in verses 22 and 23, uh, it says there, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. And so here we see his character. He did no sin, who did no sin. We see his communication. Neither was guile. wasn't any worm on a hook, tempting a fish. That's what guile is. Just think about it. Every time you, you bait a, a, a hook with a worm, it's guile. <laughs> um, but uh, that's what the word uh, really means there. Neither guile was found in He's not trying to trap you, not trying to, uh, trying to tell you something that's not true. 
And then we saw his conduct, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. And then his commitment, committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. So as we consider the Lord, the expectation for us to follow his example, uh, it may seem, well, that's pretty overwhelming. Jesus was perfect. He, he was uh, pure. He had, did no sin. He had perfect communication, perfect conduct. He was committed to what he was, uh, uh, had come here to this earth to do. And that can be overwhelming to us. So how is it possible for us to do those things? We can't, within ourselves, uh, take the presence, the power of God, working in our lives to accomplish that task. And so that brings us to the last point of our study here. The only way we can become an imitator of Christ is by the provision of the Savior. We're to follow his steps, and we find here the provision of the Savior. This is in verses 24 and 25. Now these two verses reveal much concerning the provision that God or Christ made for each of us as he died upon on the cross. Now, we talk about that a lot, don't we? We talk about the death of, of, of Christ on the cross. Uh, it's hardly a, a message that I don't preach, that I don't mention somewhere along the line, the death of Christ on the cross. I say, well, I get so tired of hearing that. <laughs> I hope you never get tired of hearing it. Because that's a wonderful thing that he's done. Were it not for Calvary and the blood that was shed to atone for our sins, we would remain hopelessly lost. Now, often people think, well, uh, they think about the cross maybe once a year at Easter time, you know. Uh, that's when you think about the cross. But it was the single event that forever changed history and humanity. It's not something you just think about one time a year. It's something that should be Im impacting us every day of our lives. That was a defining moment. But it's good for us to be reminded of that uh, as the provision that was made for us. So just a few moments here, we'll take and consider what the Lord provided as he gave life for you and me. First of all, he was our substitute. Verse 24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. And again, I remind you that Calvary was a personal experience for our Lord. It must be a personal experience for each of us. He bore our sins in his own body. Now, this wasn't something that he oversaw or he sent someone else to provide for. No, the precious Lamb of God, who was holy, perfect, and sinless, he bore our sin in his body. He was God, robed in the garment of flesh, there was no sin found in him. Never once did he transgress the law of God. Never once had he broken fellowship with the Father. Never once had he sinned, had sin entered into his heart or his mind. And he became sin so that you and I might be saved. Now, keep in mind that this is how it had to be. God is holy. He cannot look upon or condone sin. The sins of humanity had to be atoned for 
in order for atonement to be made, there had to be an offering of a perfect sacrifice. And Jesus was the only one who was worthy to be that sacrifice. God made a sacrifice, uh, and, and uh, Jesus gave his, himself to be that sacrifice. And that was as a result of God's righteous demand, something that you and I could never achieve. So he became a sacrifice himself. Hebrews 2.9 says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. 1 John 2.2 And he is the propitiation for our sins. Not for ours only, but also the sins of the whole world. Now that word propitiation means to be a sacrifice, to be a covering, a satisfaction, a payment, an appeasement for sin. And Jesus' sacrifice turned away the wrath of God, brought reconciliation, and we could never have achieved that within ourselves. Jesus became my substitute. He became your substitute. Secondly, we see our salvation. You go on in verse 24. It says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. I think that's a truth that we should all be able to understand. Beginning with the first of God's creation, sin entered into the hearts of mankind. And because of that initial sin, then all are born into sin, being dead through sin unto God. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So there was no hope, no means of escape from the penalty of sin within the human race. Death was the ultimate consequence of sin. James chapter 1, verse 15 says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it has finished, bringeth forth death. There had to be one who would forever make that atonement and free humanity from the penalty of death, and Jesus Christ was the, that one. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verse uh, 21 and 22. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so Christ shall be made alive. We were all dead in trespasses and sins. And so we are separated from the holiness of God. We are condemned. And unless a change was made, we would be eternally lost because of our deadness. And Jesus died upon the cross that, he, that we might live. And then we have been raised from a state of deadness unto life. The sins that once held us captive undone, and undone have been pardoned, and we have been set free in Christ. Now that's something to rejoice in. Rejoice in being born again into life eternal. Uh, you know, dead men can't follow anyone. There's no, they can't uh, walk in his steps. They're dead. And so if we are to follow the Lord and serve him, we must be alive, alive in him. So that's our salvation. Thirdly is our sanctification. In verse 24, it says at the very end, by whose stripes ye were healed. 
Jesus bore our sin upon the cross so that we might be saved. He suffered death that we might live. And here we find the source of our healing, the stripes of our Lord. And this is uh, the idea of a wound that trickles blood. We all know the suffering and pain that Jesus endured. We read about it. We hear about it. It's hard for us maybe to imagine. Maybe it's never happened to us. And so we can't really have an experiential knowledge of it, but we know it was a horrendous scourging. Those stripes that he bore brought about our healing. It's an interesting concept that we need to consider. The healing that is spoken of literally means to cure, uh, to make whole, to free from error and sin. And the, the suffering and death that Jesus endured brought about our healing. It brought that cure for sin, uh, set a captive race free from bondage. All that sin had damaged and, uh, had damaged and the hindrances that it had caused were made right and justified as Christ hung there upon the cross. Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All who come to Jesus in salvation can be made whole of this dreadful disease of sin. It always ends in death. But Jesus made a way for all of us to live if we would only come to him. I believe there's a continual application there for us who believe in Christ. We've been made whole in him. We've been freed from the error of our sin. Uh, it's that uh, saying that all who come to Christ uh, will live perfect lives, right? Anybody here perfect tonight? You know. No, we're not perfect. Um, absolutely not but it does remind us we have a source of healing when we are tempted, when we fail, and we do fail. Jesus is the way to a life of peace and contentment and righteousness. He alone has that power that we need to rise above sin and live lives that honor him. Now, we're never going to imitate, we're never going to follow the life of Christ as long as we are burdened down with sin. Jesus can give us strength and he can help us to live a sanctified life. And when we fail, when we come up short, we can take comfort in knowing that Jesus already paid our sin debt. We are forgiven. And so that brings us to our shepherd in verse 25. Verse 25 says, For we, or ye, were as sheep gone astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Peter here is portraying us as sheep that have gone astray, those that have wandered from the safety and the provision of the flock and no longer under the care and protection of the shepherd. But in Jesus, sheep can be restored unto the fold. We can find the comfort of a loving, providing shepherd who watches over his sheep. Now, I haven't been around sheep very much. But I am told that they're one of the dumbest animals that God created. And uh, with the uh, aid of technology these days, you can, you can find all kinds of things about sheep. 
Uh, you can find it on YouTube, and you can find it here and there. And you can kind of see what they do. Without someone to guide them, they're not going to find the food. They're not going to find the green pastures. They're not going to find the source of water unless someone leads them to it. Uh, they're going to be in danger. Uh, and then when they're in danger, uh, they need to flee to the safety of the fold. Now, we may not like to admit it, but we're like sheep. God created us. He knows the similarities that we share, and that's why he used that a comparison. All we like sheep have gone astray. God knew that we needed a shepherd if we're to survive in this world in which we live. And Jesus Christ is that shepherd. So we've looked at much in these past weeks. We've taken a little bit, little bites at a time, really. But uh, I think it's good for us to take it slow sometimes and just meditate upon the things that we, we have before us. Instead of just dumping a big load on us, you know, and say, well... That was nice. Here you have a chance to meditate each week on a few thoughts that will help uh, you to be imitators of Christ. It's no accident that Peter concludes with these thoughts. If we are to imitate the life of Christ, then we must be led by him. And it's hard to pattern our life after one uh, you, you've never been around or you don't know any, anything about them. So if we're going to live for the Lord, if we're going to follow his footsteps, we're going to go the way that pleases him, we have to allow him to guide our lives, and we have to be in the book. We have to find out what he is like, what, where's, where are his footsteps going, and we have to find out what a wonderful shepherd of our souls he is, and we have to obey, pay attention, Heed his voice. But aren't you glad that Jesus has made a provision for us? He endured all that so we might live through him. Our only hope is to keep our eyes upon the shepherd and follow him. That's the hope for imitators. Following Christ, imitating Christ. And uh, the Lord willing, we'll get to chapter 3 next week. All right, let's bow in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for these verses of Scripture which we've kind of walked through slowly, but yet there are so many wonderful truths here for us to just really pay attention to. And I pray, Lord, that uh, we'll be imitators of Christ. And uh, we know that there's hope for us because of the Word of God that you've provided for us. Thank you for that. We thank you for the salvation. Just thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. And we pray, Lord, that uh, we'll be found faithful. Bless our time in prayer, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> all right, you have your uh, prayer sheets there. And our missionary of the week is Roy and Justine.